You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bray Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about westerns and interviewing author Del Howison. But first, what are you reading, Bria? I just finished a book that I've been looking forward to, and then it came from the library, and I stopped everything that I was doing and had to just start reading it. It's Recursion by Blake Crouch. And he wrote Dark Matter that we both read. I loved Dark Matter. He also wrote Wayward Pines, um, which I didn't read, but I watched on TV. Oh, the the, um, the comic? No, it's a TV sh- it's a It was a, like a series of novels, and they made a TV show out of it. Oh. Um, yeah, Dark Matter, which I loved. This has a similar, like... Holy shit, what's happening element <laughs> Holy it. crow. It is, what can I tell you that won't give it away? So basically it's about a woman whose mother has Alzheimer's, so she's trying to invent a way for us to go back and relive our memories. But in doing so, I don't think this is a big giveaway, but she accidentally invents a way. She realizes that time is flat. There is no ta- Time is not linear in the way we live it. And she invents a way for people to go back in time. You do into love their a time travel memories. book. So it's sort of time travel, but it's also like, yeah, it's time travel. And then let me just tell you, it goes from everything from like saving, you know, your daughter to like nuclear war. Like this, this book really covers all the bases. And there are several times in the book where you're like, I don't understand what's going on right now. And you should just plow through because you it will be explained. And it is well explained and it is great um yeah i loved it it was so good i like really went i read it and just like devoured that book what are you reading uh so i am reading a new nonfiction book that the lovely folks over at quirk sent to us thank you quirk ivy if you're listening you're the best uh it's called monster she wrote uh the women who pioneered horror and speculative fiction it's by lisa kroger and melanie r anderson so basically it's a whole book about all of the women throughout history who have written horror and sci-fi and have shaped the genre i just added this to my library wish list you can borrow it i want after to me um and it is so you get to read about uh mary shelley shirley Jackson, Toni Morrison, Anne Rice, Helen Oyemi, and I love it because it's even as someone who is obsessed with female written horror, there's so many women in here that you have never heard of, and you are your library list is going to absolutely fill up. I think this is going to be one of the most important books of the year, and it's also illustrated. Oh, with, cute! Uh, it is illustrated by uh, Natalia Balnova, and it is it's an extremely beautiful book. It is extremely it. goth and spooky. Uh, definitely uh, a great book to buy for October for the goth or. Um, horror reader in your life so that's a monster she wrote by lisa kroger and melanie melanie r anderson and mine is recursion by blake crouch uh so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback ashley wrote in i just listened to the episode with sarah gailey where you were talking about mean median and mode as a nerdy (laughs) accountant i love it when math and books overlap Personally, I would go with using the mode for figuring out how to rate a short story collection. If there were 10 stories total and seven out of the 10 stories I rated as a six, one I rated as a two and two I rated as a 10, I would go with the majority and rate it as an overall six. Median would also be six and mean would be 6.4. Wait, wait. If there are 10 stories and seven out of the 10 I rated as, okay, because got it, got it. Go with the majority, which is the... Mode. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I'm with you, Ashley. I believe you. 
I believe this is a good this is, and it was something I was questioning kind of, even at the moment. This is the kind of listener feedback that we live for. It really is. Kelly wrote in and said, you've talked a few times on the show about tracking what you read, and I wanted to share what I do. I don't do Goodreads or, Mallory, listen up. I don't Mm -hmm. do Goodreads or keep a traditional book journal, but I do make a quick, tiny cartoon sketch of the cover of each book I finished in my notebook. It's so cute. Yeah, when Kelly wrote in, she uh, sent some photos of the little covers they've drawn, and it's extremely fucking cool. So if you're an artistic type, this is perfect. I am not. You should put that on our Instagram. We should put it on our Instagram. Um, I only started it this year, but I find it's a nice way to not only document what I've read, but also better appreciate the cover art and artists. It's not until I doodle them that I notice the details I missed when I just picked up the book and read. I've attached a couple of examples, including Mallory's book, which I enjoyed. Kudos to your cover artist, though. That was a tough one to capture in marker. (laughs) Thank Um, you, Kelly. It was an extremely good rendition. And she also included, uh, Kelly also included their wheelhouse. Nonfiction with beautiful collage-like illustrations, a la Lauren uh, Redness, or Nora Krung. Uh, fiction about weird, mysterious shit happening in the 19th century countryside or manners. Love any, it. Any fiction or nonfiction about art theft or forgery. I see a theme here, Kelly. Uh, nonfiction about the obsessive people doing a thing obsessively or competitively, like studying for the Master Som- Sommelier exam. And fiction with a family tree in the front of the book. I also like that family tree. Uh, and Phil also wrote in with a wheelhouse, which is science fiction, which dumps me in the middle of a world without explanation. Great. Love that, too. Shakespeare illusions, uh, Woodhosian farces. Wow. Untranslated passages in Latin, French, or Yiddish. I don't know what Woodhosian farces P- is. P.D. Wodehouse. Or uh, Wodehousean farces. What is that? P.D. Wodehouse wrote all those. Um, oh, it's that fucking Butler story. Hold on. It's P.G. Wodehouse who wrote, uh, he was a British humorist and wrote, um, he was the creator of Jeeves. It's like a story, oh. like stories about this like butler dude. Wow. All right. Uh, so you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month. Sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And before we talk about Westerns, we're going to take a quick break. Hi, I'm Dave. Hi, I'm Graham. And we're two house DJs who have been trapped inside our drum machine. We love it here, and we'd love if you stopped by and visited us every week on Stop Stop Podcasting Podcasting Yourself here on MaximumFun.org. We're just a couple of doofuses from Canada. And listen to our show or perish. (laughs) Stop podcasting yourself (laughs) on MaximumFun.org. This week, we're headed to the Wild West of books. We're talking about Westerns. But first off, what exactly is a Western? So just to establish this. So Western is a genre where a book or a story takes place usually in the late 19th century in the American Old West. And it typically explores like Western cowboy lifestyles and struggles. So there's horses and prairies and gunfights and bandits and outlaws and cattle being herded around. <laughs> okay, so a little history about the Western. It's hard to... to truncate this, but I'm going to go go for it. So Westerns as we know them now started in cheap serialized literature known as Pity Dreadfuls or Dime Novels, and by 1900, Western books were featured in pulp magazines, and non-American authors started picking up the genre, like the German author Karl May. They were actually really popular in Germany. 
The genre peaked in the early 1960s, most likely due to the popularity of Westerns and television. But then everyone got really tired of Westerns around that time, too, because there were so many, and the popularity started to die down in the 1960s. But back in 1970s, they got, the Westerns got popular again because of Louis, Louis L'Amour's rise. Not sure I'm pronouncing that right. And people got interested in Westerns all over again. And even though they never got as popular as they did in the early 1960s, they still have an audience and were being serialized as late as 2008 in short story magazines. Um, another fun little tidbit, the awards for Westerns are called the Spur Awards. That's really cool. Super cute. Um, the best Western historical novel this year was River of Porcupines by G.K. Alberg. And the best Western contemporary novel this year is The Flicker of Old Dreams by Susan Henderson. But also they do awards for romance Western novels, juvenile Western novels, and even Western poetry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bria, do you ever read Westerns? So rarely. Very rarely. Um, so Book Riot... Yeah, I, I, rem- book li- riot. I remember this. And I searched and searched. So it was part of the Book Riot 2018 Reader Challenge last year. So I did read one. And I did a lot of research because I was like, maybe I can find one that's sci-fi. And I did. I found one called Lone Star Planet that I enjoyed. And it was a Western. It's so impressive to me how oh, you yeah. can get sci-fi into literally anything. I can put sci-fi. I can make any sci-fi into any genre. Because it always, like, you know whatever it had to do with Texas and I was working in Texas at the time so I really I really thought it was appropriate I enjoyed it um my brother is actually named for Zane Gray and also my dad my dad is also middle name Zane but my brother's named for Zane Gray so I feel like I should write read more westerns because it is a family heritage thing but I don't read many do you uh actually so westerns is the genre of books I was most surprised by I guess I shouldn't have been surprised by it because I fucking love the Little House on the Prairie books when I was a kid. And, but I had never, ever read one, like an adult one, until my friend Liberty Hardy from the All the Books podcast convinced me to read Lonesome Dove by Larry McMurtry, which I've talked about on the show before. And I couldn't fucking believe it. I loved it. Like, absolutely fucking loved it. And then I got hooked. I read, I've read, I've read a bunch of Larry McMurtry books. Um, I, I started reading more Western classics like True Grit by Charles Portis. And mm. I loved those. And then, like, with all genres of books, I wanted to read about more ladies and... I, I was surprised by how diverse Westerns can be because a lot of people, I think, get put off of Westerns because classics are like so white dude heavy mm-hmm. and they're often, you know, not great to women and not great to indigenous people. But there are a lot of Westerns out there that like aren't garbage and like aren't, you know, misogynist and racist. And there are also a lot of other <laughs> Westerns that incorporate other genres, as you've seen, like sci-fi, of course. But there's fantasy Westerns, there's Western romances, there's horror Westerns. Um yeah, books like Sarah Gailey's River of Teeth, yes. Delilah Dawson's Wake of Vultures incorporate fantasy elements. And they're both very inclusive. Mm-hmm. And Beverly Jenkins has a romance book called Tempest that uh, is about a black couple. So Western romance. Western romance. Rom- Western romances, when I was looking this up, are very popular. I can imagine that'd be so difficult. It's so dusty in the oh, West. So du- and stinky. Sweaty. Oh, and Ugh. no one, no one had toothbrushes. That's what I mean. It's real. Like you got to really fucking love someone to it, be in a Western romance it's weird novel. I do like a desert book, but I just don't pick up a Western very often. Like I like a hot, sweaty desert book. You, I feel like you are primed to like Westerns. I know. I think it's that I'm not excited about like the the gunplay. <laughs> you need a ray gun. I'm not excited about the gunplay. You need a space cowboy. I'm not that excited about the horses, even though I like really? horses. I I don't. 
like I'm, we had that horse book episode. I'm, yeah. I don't read that many horse books, surprisingly. They're like animals a lot. What about you? What about uh, genre westerns? Are you reading those? Uh, surprise, surprise! I love horror westerns. Uh, you know, The Gunslinger by Stephen King. Uh, I recent last year I read Almakatsu's The Hunger. This has been on my list for a long time. Is that it. a western? Yeah, it's, it's, a super it's available at the library. I just like have never gotten it. It's just oh. been on my wish list at the library for like I look at it and go. I'm going to read it at some point, but I just have it. It's a Western. I yeah, think. it's a supernatural retelling of the Donner Party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's just like, it's, you know, it's basically a family that's, you know, it's the Donner Party and they're going, you know, they're crossing the Wild West and they're going over the mountain and they get to this little town and some scary things start happening. It's great. Um, also, Western horror, Western comics I love, like the first volume of Scott Snyder's comic American Vampire. That's the one I was going to bring up, American Vampire, because mm-hmm. it has that whole Western back tale. yes. Um, that's the one I was trying to think of other comics. I mean, um, obviously Dark Tower comes to mind yes. um, as well, which I enjoyed. But yeah, there, there's there's a lot of, I think there are quite a few um, uh, comic books that are in the Western genre. I just haven't picked them up. There's one book that I really want to read. It's a YA book called Vengeance Road by Aaron Bowman mm. that a bunch of the Book Riot people loved a couple of years ago. It has a really good cover, but it's more like a YA female focused western it's kind of it's very true ready i i i heard it's like a the main character is a young girl and she's on the fucking tear for vengeance and she gets helped by some older dude i really want to read that Mm. um and also, don't forget Western nonfiction. There are so many books about the history of the American West. And there's actually a new book out. Uh, I was on a panel with one of the authors at ALA. It's called uh, Aloha Rodeo by Julian Smith and David Wallman about how one year in the um, late 19th century, the top cowboys in the entire country were from Hawaii. Oh, cool. Because um, people had brought cattle to Hawaii, and so all of a sudden, so, like, someone needed to fucking take care of these cattle. So it developed this whole... Um, like culture of cowboys like island cowboys and they were fucking incredible at it and there was this massive competition and they came over to the mainland to compete and they were the best and it's supposed to be really fucking good oh that sounds really good and so in one of the hallmarks of western is a bunch of adventures so westerns can share traits with thriller books i think that's what people again i think westerns get such a bad rap because they're like oh it's just gonna be a bunch of old dudes on a smelly horse yeah and i think i also think of tv shows from the 60s that i find a little boring yes for like, sure I'm just like uh gun smoke again gun smoke a show <laughs> yes, i don't know like something is. like that where i'm like Ugh, yes. i don't have the energy to watch this but if you find a good one like you know Someone's going to be on a journey. Yeah. Uh, someone's going to be looking for justice. There's going to be some kind of heist or villain who's come to town that has to be defeated. So if you're looking to try out a new genre, Westerns are a lot cooler than you think. Yeah. Uh, and you, so you can send your thoughts on Westerns to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we talk to author Del Howison, we're going to take a quick break. Have you ever watched a movie so bad you just needed to talk to somebody about it? Well, here at the Flophouse, we watch a bad movie and then talk about it. Yeah, you don't have to do anything. We'll watch it and we'll talk it. We do the hard work. Featuring the beautiful vocal talents of Dan McCoy. Stuart Wellington. And me, America's Rascal, Elliot Kalin. New episodes every other Saturday at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcast, dude. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, here we are with author Del Howison. Del, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. So what are you reading right now? 
What am I reading right now on uh, the side of my bed, on the on the bedside table that my wife says if I add any more books to it, I'll be blocking my lamp. Uh, I am reading <laughs> Craig Johnson's <laughs> Craig Johnson's latest Longmire book called Depth of Winter. I am reading Dwayne uh, Swazinski's uh, book Canary, kind of a noir, kind of a YA noir book. And I'm reading the current issues of uh, Poet and Writer and Writer's Digest magazine. Oh, that sounds like a great group. And speaking of books, can you tell us about your new book, The Survival of Margaret Thomas? Yeah, it's kind of interesting because it's about my 10th book, but it's my first novel. And um, think in terms of True Grit, uh, this being a Western uh, but if Maddie, the lead girl in True Grit, was actually a grown woman, like in her 30s, and um, had come from the East Coast, lived in Missouri with her sheriff husband, who she feels guilty about his death because she thinks she had something to do with it, and then she has to travel across the West in the 1870s to go to a trial. So that's the, the basic line through. So, Del, what made you fall in love with Westerns? My father. My father made me fall in love with Westerns. I'm old enough, I'm pre-Star Wars, that um, Westerns were the alternate universe. Westerns were the foreign place. My father, who was a Detroit cop, uh, probably thought of himself a little bit as a cowboy. I don't know. But we went to every Western movie that came out, and a lot mm -hmm. came out in those days and all the Western TV series, everything. That was the heyday of the Western um, during the, the 60s when I was just a, a small kid and growing up. So I think I inherited it that way. And then Westerns kind of went away for other things like Star Wars, which are basically a Western, the bad guys in black, the good guys in white, the heroes. It's, it's all the same thing. It's just put into a different framework. And so besides True Grit, did you draw from any Claster and Western characters to create Margaret Thomas, whether they're real or fictional? You know, I drew from my late aunt, some of her personality. Um, I did draw a little bit from Maddie in True Grit. And um, everything else was imagination. And I'm sure I drew from other people, but didn't realize I was doing it. Um, so... Uh, I'm sure that the lead character, Margaret Thomas, is a conglomerate of many, many, many people. She's a Franken hero there. I did want to make sure that, that when I wrote it, that it was a complete arc of her gaining her independence and finding her inner strength and realizing who she was. By the time we get to the end, she's a completely different woman than the one we start with. And so for someone looking to get into Westerns, are there any authors or books that you would recommend that's a great start to the genre? Yeah, I would not shy away from classic Westerns because we're talking about historical fiction here. So it's not like that is becomes old because we're already talking about something taking place in the late 1800s uh, or frontier uh, fiction in the early 1800s. Uh, I would read nonfiction as well as fiction, and I would read modern, like the Walt Longmire books by um, 
um, Craig Johnson, and I would read uh, the C.J. Box series. His character is actually a, 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 a ranger, meaning like park ranger type ranger, as opposed to a Texas ranger type ranger. And then if you felt that you wanted to go into the classic shoot 'em ups you can, but in the classic shoot 'em ups remember there's only two plot lines. Somebody new comes to town or they go on a quest. Margaret Thomas happens to be they go on a quest. Um, most everything falls into those kind of plot lines, so you have to find your comfort zone. And so besides stacking too many books on your nightstand, do you have any other reading quirks? You know, I do. I try to read, and I'm, I'm falling down on the job here, but I try to read a fiction novel, a nonfiction book, a short story collection or anthology, and a magazine at the same time. I can do that without mixing up. But if I start to do a couple of novels at the same time, if they're not entirely different, I get lost in there. I don't know how you are with it, but uh, I just can't keep the plotting straight. So it's nice to have the different type of thing. Outside of that, I don't have any real quirks, except most of my reading is done when I go to bed at night. So I prefer books with like 10 page chapters. And I think that's why I'm drawn to short stories or anthologies, because I get the entire story in one bite. And that's, that's really helpful. Oh, that's a great way to read. And so what is your reader wheelhouse? Are there any subjects or tropes or uh, things like that that will always get you to pick up a book? One of the things that gets me to pick up a book is the cover. And I don't, I don't know if people realize just how important the cover of the book is. You had a beautiful cover on your book, I got to tell you. I like the Thank cover you. on the survival. I, I was going to say, you're, the cover for the survival of Margaret Thomas is beautiful. It is beautiful. And the, and the audio book, which Blackstone is putting out, is a very similar but different cover. But that same feeling of emptiness in the Old West. Um, as far as storylines, I really like books that are character-oriented, that are about the people you can take me and put me in outer space or sing me in opera or whatever you want to do. But if I don't care about the people, if I really don't give a shit, then it doesn't matter if you're in my favorite <laughs> genre. You know, I want I really do yeah. want to care about the people. And if the book, if I pick up a book and read the back of it and skim through it and it seems to be about the people, that's, you know, you're 75 percent of the way there with me. And so thank you so much for coming on. Where can we buy the survival of Margaret Thomas? Well, it can be bought online. It can, you know, in all those book places that hurt us bookstores. It can be bought on the Dark Delicacies website <laughs> in the shopping cart, which is at darkdell.com. And I um, believe it can be bought direct from the publisher at Five Star and the audiobook from Blackstone. So um, have at it, please. <laughs> awesome, Dell. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. 
Now it's time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Megan writes in, I have a really big problem. I'm going on a family holiday to a really quiet place, meaning I know I will finally be able to curl up with a good book outside and make a dent in my reading list. Problem is, the way I'm traveling, I don't have a lot of space and was told by folks that I can only take two books. The horror. Any advice to help me pick two of my growing library? Bria, I know what you're going to say. Well, first of all, who told you you can only bring two That's books? That's what I mean. Like, who what? is regulating your book taking? Yeah. I mean, maybe it's like, yeah. maybe it has to do with like, maybe. Like baggage space? or Megan like, is, yeah. Megan, Megan, Megan is like packing with somebody else. Maybe Megan's going on Spirit Airlines where they like charge oh, yeah. you for every fucking They're like, yeah, so you, you brought have. a pencil on. That will be $3. Yeah, so like, yeah. that <laughs> for sure. But it's, I have I have packed in the same bag as my fiance before. We will pack in the same bag sometimes. And like just to save bag space. Oh, yeah. And um, that's I, like some intimate ass it shit. It is. It is. That's when you know, find out if your relationship is going to last or not. Because <laughs> you're like, because well, he wears less clothes than I do, and, the, and he brings way less clothes. <laughs> I just imagine John in a bikini all the time. <laughs> John's just always skimping around. Obviously, my first advice is to get an e-reader, yes. and then you can take all the books you want. No one will stop you. <laughs> Somebody can't say just put two books because they don't even know how many books. I don't want to. I'm about to go to Bulgaria this week in less than a week. I don't want to talk about how many books I put on there. I'm only gone for three weeks, and I'm working the entire time. And there are no less than 15 books on there, <laughs> brand new, ready for me to read. Um, but if you don't have the time to get an e-reader or the budget, I see this as a conundrum. I would do a solid search before you decide and make sure the reviews are good on the books you bring. Ooh, good books. So I would say, like, go through, pick out whatever. Uh, two is so few. Two is way is too so few for it a is book. So few. For, for a book. <laughs> for a trip. Because <laughs> um, you can always do three paperbacks. That's like two hardbacks. Yeah. You know? Or like a little, like one is like a one, like novella. A short one. Right? A novella and like two hardbacks. I don't know. Um, but I would go through that way and I would I would go, I would look at the books you're thinking about bringing and then I would take the top rated ones because you know that they're going to be smart. good and you're not going to be like, fuck, I'm stuck with this book that I don't like. And like that, what a disappointment. And hopefully you're going somewhere like where you can buy a book also. So you can always read those books you can drop them somewhere, anywhere, leave them. <laughs> drop them right out of the plane. Put them, find a little library, leave them in the hostel, whatever you're doing, uh, and then give them to a person on a train. I don't know. And then you can put <laughs> another book. Excuse you still me, only ma'am. have two books. If you buy another book, you still would only have two. Oh. But I would say, do your research before you go. What, what do you say? Uh, so my advice is to pick one book that you've been meaning to read for a long time. And this is actually what I do when I travel. Like I go, I have like a, a system. So I always like this, you know, everyone has like one book that they've been meaning to get to for a long time and they really, really, really want to read it. That's one book you pick. And for the other book, I think you should pick a book from a completely different genre. That way, if you don't like the first book, you have a book that's completely different, a great pal- palate cleanser that, and you won't compare it to the book you've got. Cause you never quite, even though you can kind of imagine what things are going to be like wherever you're going, you never quite know. So I like to have a big range. I like see, I yeah. might get somewhere, like I'll always, bring like mo- most of the time the book that I re- have really wanted to read for a while is either a weird fiction or a horror book mm-hmm. and then sometimes I'll get to a place like when I went to uh, took that cabin vacation a couple oh, yeah. months ago I brought I was like oh why did I bring a horror book to a cabin where I'm going to be by myself uh, stupid idea yeah too scary <laughs> but uh, for my other book I brought like a f- some fun YA books yeah that's good or like a like a beachy read like a light yes. light fiction 
Yes. And yeah. so that way, when I was done reading the horror book, I was like, oh, God. And I read uh, Jeff, uh, Rain and Delilah's Midnight Matinee by Jeff Setner, and it was a nice, feel-good YA book, and I was very happy that I had that. Nice. Uh, so if you want us to solve your reader problem, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy, who run our Facebook group, and Chrissy and Rachel, who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember that you can buy Reading Glasses tote bags and shirts and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store. You can help us feed our cats and look extremely sexy while doing so. Uh, there's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show, please... Please rate and review us on iTunes. It's completely free. It makes our day. It makes the podcast better and it helps us get more ads and cooler guests. It's basically one of the best. It's basically the best thing you could do for us for free that isn't like subscribing or telling other people about the show. But those things are also good. Uh, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Reading G Podcast, on Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast. And you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag Reading Glasses Podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for reading. reading. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.